When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, my name is Joseph Yair. Check me out on the Complex Sport Podcast. On this week's episode of the Complex Sports Podcast, UFC Hall of Famer George St. Pierre joins the guys to talk about his upcoming role in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, his UFC legacy, which Avenger would win a UFC fight, and much more. Let's get to it. What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your man, Chops. Brand new episode of the Complex Sports Podcast. We are rolling. It is March. The weather is getting nicer. Adam, what is going on? Young Zion is on vacation. So how are we feeling today? Kind of an egregious time for Young Zion to take vacation, considering this is arguably the, well, from a gambling perspective, this Eh. week is, let let me finish. This week is the best week for gambling and for college basketball uh, of the entire Regular season slash post. I mean, that has nothing to do with Zion, though. We don't really. Yeah, but I mean, Zion's a college basketball guy, so it's, I mean, it's, it's tough for him. It's you know, for him to take the week off. Although Duke sucks, will not be making but, the NCAA tournament. I'm very happy about that. I get it. No NBA this week, so it seems like no. It's uh, yeah, for no NBA, and uh, and you know, obviously, the majority of Americans give a shit about the NCAA tournament and not conference tournament schedule. So yeah, Young Zion's taking a nice week to recharge, this, and it makes sense. This really is the perfect week for college basketball because they get the whole focus. No NBA. And then it's like the calm before the storm in the NFL because next week free agency starts. So like this week's a little quiet, you know, so it's like really everybody's just going to be tapped into college basketball. There's nothing else to watch. I guess if you want to watch spring training baseball. But uh, Adam, before we get to George St. Pierre, great guest. Zion is with us for that interview we recorded last week talking Falcon, the Winter Soldier, a lot of stuff. Great, great guest. Before we get to him, we have to talk about the NBA All-Star Game. And NBA All-Star events. <laughs> what is there to talk about? There's a lot. I think there's a lot to talk about. All right. About. Fire away. Uh, fire away. Did, wa- did you watch first? Did you watch? I had it on the background while I finished a book. What book are you reading? You're not reading a book. Uh, I read a book by Eric Larson, The, the Devil in the White City, about the 19, or 1893 Chicago uh, World's Fair that also featured a one of the worst serial killers in American history. Sounds like it's going to make a great Netflix movie one day. It probably could. Very good book. Highly recommended. There we go. So you had it on the background. So yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners watched. It was interesting having everything in one day because usually, obviously, this is a whole weekend of events. I mean, obviously, the league looked a little bad because two of the start, well, one starter and another player, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, didn't play because of contract tracing, contact tracing, the COVID protocols. So that threw a little bit of a wrench in everything. Uh, a lot of people wondering why they were doing this in the first place. It's obviously money. Um, overall, I didn't think it was that bad. I will say I this. Think I, think was... it's, I think it's cool. I, you get why they do the, in a typical All-Star weekend. You have your Saturday night and then you have your All-Star game. You get why they do that. But I think from the grand perspective of consumption, it was cool to have everything in one compact five or six hour window. Although that's not really that compact. But I kind of preferred to have everything in one night. Um, the skills challenge is so antiquated and ridiculous and it needs to go, but the NBA won't get rid of it because of sponsorships and everything and probably the money that it reaps from selling ads during that thing. The three-point shooting contest, 
whatever. My, well, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's let's go one by one here. Okay, My favorite thing on. about the skills challenge, Luca was very clearly forced to do it, and he did not give one fuck about well, it. Everyone's forced I, to be there. <laughs> I, well, no, 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 but he was forced, forced to be there. He, he was forced to do the skills challenge. I'm saying he was very clearly. I've never seen someone run slower in a ch- uh, uh, challenge of some sort than well, Luca. To- to his defense, he's not exactly the fastest individual on the. No, court, but so. he's faster than he was running. He was he had a slight jog going on. He's not exactly De'Aaron Fox out there, so. No, but I mean, he could he can run faster than he ran in the skills challenge. It was. Uh, but why would you blame good. him for dogging it in this stupid competition that means absolutely nothing? I mean, I don't blame him. He was clearly forced to do it. I don't blame him for dogging no. it. I mean, what's winning the skills challenge do for him? Nothing. Zilch. It is funny that it is funny that Biggs keep winning it because I think Biggs actually have something to prove. They're like, hey, I want to show that I could do this. And the guards are just like, even though CP3 tried last night and he just, CP3 can't, like he's alert, he's 0-5 all time in the skills challenge. He's like allergic to winning it. I think it's a good point about the bigs really trying to put in a show and prove to other guys that they are um, as well-rounded um, as some people make them out to be. But uh, that's probably a very astute observation. And I actually applaud guys like Luca who are completely dogging it and not giving a shit because they basically have to be there and rather be doing other things. So hats off to you, Luca. The Vegas odds makers probably don't like that because oh Luka well, oh and, well. Luca and CP3 were the favorites, and and they clearly didn't win. Well, I hope uh, that, I hope someone cashed on a nice ticket on the, the Tomasa Sabonis. Yeah, right. Uh, three point shootout, probably the best event. It's this is probably morphed into the best event of All Star Weekend, I would say, because it's the most competitive. I think if you keep having guys with names in, involved, I mean, obviously not every year you get I mean, the big names like Steph to keep doing it. There's like one or two, but like I mean, you had you I mean, had a good. I think you had a good roster this year, but you don't always get this quite the top-notch caliber three-point shooters that you would ideally want. And if you got the top three-point shooters in the league to perennially participate, then it'd be absolutely amazing. And by far, I agree with you, the best event. But well, I digress. Well, this year this year I thought it was interesting because it seemed like they went for more names over actual shooters. Obviously, Devin Booker had to drop out and Mike Conley came in. But like, you don't think of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell is like three-point shooters. Obviously, all great scorers in the NBA, and they can get buckets whenever they want. But you don't think of them as three-point shooters to be in that kind of contest. So it seems like this year, well, they I mean, for protocols, they were probably like, we need guys who are already going to be there, so we need you guys to do it. Well, I mean, at least we didn't have Ben Simmons doing it, so. Well, and I mean, shout to Mike Conley, because if Mike Conley didn't put up a show, Steph would have ran away with it. Mike Conley's the only one that kind of like, that like put up a show to, to fight Steph. And that was obviously so, Steph's that was Steph's contest to lose anyway. Yes, it was so, Steph's contest. The, the, to lose. Exactly. It's, that was again it's an unfair. anticlimactic event. I, I don't know how how like old man screams a cloud you want to get, but if you take out the new Mountain Dew ball or whatever it was, the three the two three point balls, Mike Conley won if you did like a regular like by regular rules every other year, Mike Conley won. Steph only won because of the Mountain Dew balls. I'll just, I, I'll just, I can't I'll just, get outraged. I absolutely cannot get outraged about that. I cannot shout from the clouds, me old man, get off my lawn, all that shit. I cannot do that about that. I, I have other more important shit to get wrapped up in. Do we even need to talk about the dunk contest? It was so bad. It, it was, was the wor- it was terrible. I, I it, have it was maybe the worst wonder, one they've ever done. Yeah, it's, I'm starting to wonder why the hell do you have it, and you can't have more judges. Well, last than year was good though. Last year was good though, but D Wade messed up with the judge. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. Maybe it's me being old again, where it's like the innovation that we saw 20 years we're just, ago. Well, we're just so desensitized to some of these dunks. They're insane dunks, but we're just so used to. These guys doing the impossible that we're just like, we just struck like, like the first dog, Cassius Stanley, if Zion was here, Zion would be yelling about how Cassius Stanley got robbed. 
on his first dunk because he did. Because that dunk, we've seen it before. The problem is we've seen it before. But that's not like an easy dunk. Like Josh Smith gave him, what, an eight for that? Like he went through the leg. Like that's not an easy dunk. But we're just so used to these guys doing the impossible that we that, that every year it goes on, they're judged on such a harder curve. But like what else can you do at this point? You know? It's well said. I mean, it's incredibly athletic dunk. It takes an incredible amount of skills and practice to pull off, but we've seen iterations or the exact same dunk and just gets brought back five, six years later. And that's why Anthony Simons literally tried to knock himself out on the rim by kissing it, trying to kiss it for our entertainment. Which is mildly innovative, and you have to give him credit for trying to do something a little bit new. But like even the Obi Toppin dunk of, of jumping over Julius Randle and his father. Like we're just, we just we just shrug our we just shrug our shoulders. But you know what? I thought that dunk was actually a little bit again the windmill the windmill aspect of him on the mm-hmm. you know the side. But but the the reason I hate the dunk contest or that's worn off the novelty of it, it's long worn off for me. It's like it's it, I don't want to see guys try these dunks three four five times in a row and have you know give them forty five seconds to pull off one dunk. And is this is that an attempt? Is that an official attempt? Yes yeah. or no? This and that. And you can't have like nine judges and three contestants. So there's a litany of reasons why the dunk contest to me is old, stale, completely antiquated. But the NBA is never going to get rid of it, and it, it's going to be so cra- so tough for these you know guys to keep innovating. You know how crazy it is, Anthony Simons on the one where he put the 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 ball on top of the little hoop at, at the top. Insane, twelve feet up, he goes up and gets it. Shaq, who I love on the broadcast, says he should have windmilled it. He should have done a windmill off that. Like what? Like what are we expecting <laughs> from these guys? He and Ernie was the only one. Like, you, do you guys realize like what he did? And maybe the no crowd heard it. I don't know. Like, I they, I they need stars to do it. I understand why Zion wouldn't want Zion Williamson wouldn't want to do it for his first time being at a no arena. John Morant, who you interviewed last week, said he would never do the dunk contest. Tweeted last night that because of the judges and how unbalanced they are that's the reason he would never do it which take if you want to believe him or not maybe he just that could be a reason too i mean the reason that uh he was alluding to with me had to do with health um and it's so maybe the real reason is the judges maybe he doesn't want to maybe maybe really is maybe the real reason is the judges but i mean he's he had kind of previously said in weeks leading up when he was asked about it and then i asked him again when i interviewed him last week it just kind of alluded to the fact that like he has more important shit to to take care of a la lebron yeah. that's why we've never seen lebron and do this eh, because i don't put lebron didn't do it not because of health though. That's not, i'm not gonna say not. because not only because of health but there's there's nothing for him to gain there's nothing for him to win by doing it he's a he's a well, great in-game but lebron dunker. also fucked up and I, we said this with kenny lebron should have never said that he was doing the dunk contest publicly 100 percent. and jaws jaws never said he's doing it so he's no. he's he has a better pr but I zion guess, did uh, say zion, zion did say he he did allude on the Reddick podcast that he would do it. So Zion, until you do it, you're going to be held against it then. That's the thing. Yeah, 100%. You have to choose your words carefully. But the thing about LeBron never doing is it, it kind of adds to his aura a little bit, if you ask me. Like, you know, we can always play the woulda, coulda, shoulda if LeBron had done it and what and, and imagine what he would have been able to pull off, you know, 15 years ago. Um, and maybe that'll be the case for Morant, who's one of the best in-game dunkers right now. Like it's the, the whole thing is that LeBron has way more to lose if he loses a dunk contest than winning a dunk contest. Like you are correct about that. And you can make the same case for Zion and for John Morant and these other great in-game dunkers. It's more of a contest for the up-and-coming guys to show off their... John Morant's not even close to the stratosphere of LeBron. If you put an L on LeBron's resume for a dunk contest, then, like no one compares to that. 
I, I'm not comparing, obviously not comparing resumes because it's, it's not even close, but just in terms I, of. I'm just the, saying like an L to John Morant in the dunk contest, it's nowhere close to an L for LeBron. Uh, I, I know what you're alluding to. I'm just saying it's still about for general casual fans or hardcore NBA fans. It would be cool to see John Morant and his awesome, awesome athleticism and a guy that's more relatable for the average fan because he's tinier than LeBron and Zion Williamson. It'd be cool so, to see him in there, but we probably won't. Moving moving on from this, did you, so did you watch the actual game? Because the game, yeah. outside of Dame and Steph jacking up some really long threes a couple of times, was pretty boring. Yeah, one hundred percent. I have, I have nothing. I mean, it's great that Giannis went sixteen for sixteen. That's cool. That's a good. He little, was you know, he, the, the one note. time when he did the step back three and banked it in and got yeah. it real happy. That was funny. But I mean, it wasn't a competitive game, and no, you were wasn't. missing a shit ton of stars for contact tracing purposes, injuries. Uh, I, I mean, love that Kevin Durant just didn't even show up. He's like, I drafted the team. I'm not. Why would he? Why would he? Yeah, I mean, why would you show up if, if you're injured and and why make the trip down to Atlanta? Just stay in Brooklyn or wherever the hell he's living in New York. Um, yeah, it's you know this this All Star Weekend was weird for a million reasons. We don't have to rehash them because we all know them. But I don't know the novelty of it. Um, even when you attend these things and get to go to All Star Weekend, like it's 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 really worn off for me, and I just don't get hyped for it the way a lot of other NBA fans do. But maybe I'm I mean, just an old I, cantankerous. I, I, POS. I liked I liked I liked the Elam the Elam ending in theory. I mean last night it really didn't matter because it wasn't a close game. But uh Kyrie Irving, I think he really as I uh pointed this out to me in text last night. Uh Kyrie probably really wanted to win the Kobe Bryant MVP award. Kyrie was trying very hard last night to win it looked like uh they just did not have enough firepower on Team Durant without KD. With was Embiid on Embiid was on K, Team KD, right? Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's like yeah, they were matched. They were matched shorthanded. It was, I mean, you're missing two of the top five, if not, or not top five, but two of the top ten players on the roster. Yeah, you're you're shorthanded yeah, so, for an All Star game. So yeah, so they they had troubles. Before we get to the uh, GSP interview, really good fun interview. I mean, Zion's not here. How does Zion take a vacation when the Brooklyn Nets finally do something of consequence? I guess they trade for James Harden when we record the podcast. But yeah, that Blake, <laughs> they did do something yeah, of consequence I, I, already. Yeah, they did do something of consequence. But the second time, Blake Griffin. Heading to Brooklyn. Initial reaction? Did you have a thought? Uh, I didn't think he would go. I mean, there, we didn't see a – how do I want to put this? We didn't hear a ton of chatter, like I think officially, officially linking Blake to the Nets about a week ago. It kind of heated up, what, yeah. like three or four days ago. Was a lot I'm of Lakers surp- talk. A lot of I'm Lakers kind of surprised. I, w- I thought that Blake would have been headed to one of the West Coast teams um, just because he has the history in L.A. And uh, you probably – you do have an easier path in the Eastern Conference. If he really wants to win, then I understand the strategy of going I mean, to Brooklyn. He just joined, he definitely needs he some, just joined the some, team with the easiest path, yes. Yes, and they obviously need some depth you know, underneath. But you know, Blake still is not some post-up guy who's going to be banging with the, with, you know, the bigs. Well, Woj said he's the small ball center for them. That's what his position is. And Jeff be. Green's been injured, and he's been the small ball center for, for, the, for the Nets you know, going down the stretch and in the closing lineup. So... I, Blake can add something, but you know I'm not going to go crazy about the addition and say this puts him over the top. I mean, they're already well, the team to beat in the East. So, well, if you want, if you want to know what it did to the odds, if you if you favor that, the odds didn't change. Yeah. So it's like Vegas didn't see this and say we need because I'm sure they're already the favorites in the East. Yeah. I haven't checked it, but they weren't like we need to make them more of a favorites. I think it's a good move. I I don't think it's a it's, bad move. It, it, I think a lot of people have forgotten how good Blake is. I I, I feel like he's been just. Uh, in Detroit, he's hurt. He's had issues. He's had the knee issues. I've defended Blake but if as he being dunking, a better NBA player, but he's not dunking anymore. He hasn't dunked in a year. You saw but that. But what stat. if he just? What if he's just been sandbag? What if he's been sandbagging it? 
What if he gets to Brooklyn and he's just throwing down windmills again? Um, pigs may start flying. Hell may have frozen over. And any other <laughs> you know analogy you want to use, um, I don't see it happening just because we haven't seen it happen in a year um, plus of Blake being he's, well, back in the NBA. He, you know what he added to his game in Detroit, though? He's he's not a terrible three-point shooter. No, he's not. But again, for a guy his size, like it's, it's not conducive that – the Nets don't need another wing player, and that's kind of what Blake has low-key become a little bit. Again, he's not a banger. He doesn't not yeah. a great rebounder. I mean, he does a lot of good things. And again, for a guy coming off the bench of his caliber and so being what, a former All-NBA player, they ain't bad to add to the roster at all. But Chops, again, a Cleveland so fan. what's the lineup? What's the lineup? Uh, he's not going to close. I, I don't know if Blake's going to close for them. It, I think you'd rather have Jeff Green in the closing lineup. I would say, I mean, it depends who you play, but because Jeff Green's want, more versatile defensively, you're going to rather have Jeff Green. In the I would, I would say, I mean, if you're playing like Philly, you're going to want DeAndre Jordan. Though, you need more size, yes. But the yeah. question I was going to ask you is that What's up? if the Nets got Andre Drummond on the buyout market, that'd be a much more impactful signing. Well, my Blake. theory, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Andre Drummond. I think the Cavs kind of shot themselves in the foot. See, here, here's the catch point too with the Cavs did. They had to play Jared Allen because Jared Allen is a much better player right now than Andre Drummond, and Jared Allen is the future. And Jared Allen, I don't know if anybody's noticed because no one watches the Cavs, he's been remarkable the past three weeks at him. Jared Allen has been very, very good, and, and it's been great to watch and everything. But because they benched Andre Drummond, they effectively almost killed his trade market. I think that they were close. Just reading the tea leaves of what Shams reported, they were close to sending him to the Raptors and everything. Like, it was... About to, I think that they cooled off their own market to get, but they did it because they wanted Jared out. So it's like a catch twenty two. And what they did, I I don't know. The, there's reports today that the Lakers would be strong suitors for Drummond if he gets bought out. I don't know about that fit. That seems kind of like a weird fit to me. Putting like is Drummond and AD going to play together? I don't I don't know. I I I I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting few weeks. The March twenty fifth is the trade deadline in the NBA. It's going to be an interesting few weeks to see who actually gets moved. Does J.J. Redick get moved and all this kind of stuff? Because there's not a lot of available guys, but there is some talent out there, and it just depends on fit, you know? But I think this probably takes the Nets out of the Drummond chase, right? You would think. I think they have one more roster spot available, uh, potentially. And they still have their money. They still have their disabled player. They still have one exception left, the Spencer Dimity one, I think they still have available. They they didn't use that on Blake, so that has people thinking maybe, you know. But I would think maybe a Dimwitty trade – could be that's maybe where which is kind of weird too because Dinwiddie obviously is available to be a free agent come summertime. Um, mm-hmm. Although there's rumors that he may try and make it back this season, but I, I, I don't know. I when when I read those and you hear those, it, you kind of I don't know. Maybe like twist your head into like a million knots trying to figure out why it really makes sense um, for a team. I to mean, I've seen Dinwiddie. him. I've seen him in some possible J, like get JJ Redick to Brooklyn type deal. So we're Dinwiddie and. A, and something goes to the and listen I, know I will give the the gms and the people making these decisions a million kudos who are way smarter and more savvy about these <laughs> things than you and i ever will be so they obviously know what the fuck is going on we don't but sometimes when you read those re- rumors reports it makes you scratch your head a little bit and think like, well, like what the fuck are they really why hasn't my up? trade why hasn't my kyle lowry drum and three tr- team trade happened yet i think this trade works for everybody listen to, here's the trade andre drummond to the toronto raptors they need help they need a big makes sense to me he's on expiring Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. Kyle Lowry wants to go to the Sixers. The Sixers want Kyle Lowry. Danny Green and a pick to the Cavs. Uh, you you got you got to make the salary work somehow. Danny Green hasn't been perfect in Philly. He's looking a bit washed. You get a better player in return. Why hasn't that happened? 
That seems so simple to me. Uh, that's that makes it makes you know on, on a, you know kind of initial sense. Um, my question would be: Would Danny Green going to four teams in about six or seven months be an NBA record? Yes, yes. He's just like <laughs> he's been, don't check a Him and George Hill. Him and George tra- Hill. Him and George Hill get traded more than anybody. Uh, it's in it's insane. I mean, Danny Green's basketball reference page is just at, like you go to transaction yeah. portion of it. It takes like three minutes to load up. Uh, I mean, the poor guy. Good guy, but just yeah. continually gets great guy. All over Friend the place. of the pod. He's been on, the, he's pod. Been on the pod. Yeah, but no it's, NBA I, champion. NBA champion. NBA champion. Yes, numerous times. I, the biggest question I would have. Um, I just still wonder, like, do the Raptors really want to cut Bay from Lowry when they've kind of gotten themselves back into the thick of things in the East? He has Fred Van like Fleet. That, that's Fred Van Fleet's team, man. Like, like I know Fred. Like I know it's Fred Van Fleet's team going forward, and Pascal Siakam. Hopefully, if he gets his shit completely together. But like, it's still Lowry. He's like your heart and soul for the past, you know, I don't know, decade, whatever it's been. He hasn't been playing a lot, and he's going to be a free agent. He's gone anyways. Why wouldn't you try and get something for him? A bigger need for them is a big. If you follow Raptors fans, they are literally begging them to get a big better than whoever they have. Right? I think it's they have Aaron Baines, and they wanted they play in Tampa Bay. They didn't want they wanted to port Aaron Baines from Tampa Bay somehow. Raptors fans, do. they <laughs> it would one hundred percent. It would one hundred percent be the savvier, smarter move for Masai Ujiri to move on from Kyle Lowry and get what you can for him at the trading deadline. But yeah. when you got again a heart and soul guy like that, it's really fucking tough. I mean, it's not to easy. But you'd be, but you have to think about it. You'd be doing Lowry a favor. You'd be sending him home to a team, to a team he wants to go to. He wants to go to Philly. You would. Time. You're taking care of a guy who took care of you and would get something back. Yeah. No. Hundred uh, percent. All right. Let's get to our GSP interview. We talked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, GSP explains how he would attack Zion, Adam, and I in a fight. Uh, I think he got way too detailed into it because I don't think it would take that much to beat all three of us in a fight. We would throw one punch and he would destroy us all. So, I mean, it would take all 20 seconds. He gave us way too much credit uh, for what we'd be able to do. Well, if we, scat- if we scattered enough, if we, if, we, if we fucked around with his peripheral vision, maybe we'd have a chance to like stun him for a second or two. But we'd be out for the count. Yeah, if I, had no a ta- if, if I had a taser, we would maybe win. I don't know. Well, that too, yeah. Falcon the Winter Soldier hits Disney Plus March 19th. I can't wait. WandaVision just ended. But yes, we talk about all that and much more with GSP, George St. Pierre, right now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So welcome to the podcast, George St. Pierre, GSP, MMA legend, actor. You do everything, <laughs> under, you do everything under the sun. Uh, welcome to the pod. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's it's great. So before we get into too much of this, because George, I don't know if you know, but Marvel fans are crazy. Like they're legit crazy. So they're gonna be <laughs> they are gonna be combing through this podcast for any type of spoilers or anything. So let, let's just say that right off the jump. But what what should fans be looking for most from your character and just Falcon and the Winter Soldier in general? Well, it, it's uh, all very compartmented, you know, so I only know 
what I needed to know. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. To tell you the truth, and uh, even if I wanted to tell you like uh, stuff, I can't. I couldn't. Um, they're very good at hiding stuff. The one thing I can tell you is that I have more screen time, and uh, okay. my character has has more to do with the story. So it's, it's it, it was very very a lot of fun for me. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, can you do we find out what happened to your character in between the time of Winter Soldier and now? Is that part of it? Because that's like a big thing. I think if people are wondering, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to talk about this. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about any storyline, anything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm. The thing is, when I used when when I did the Winter Soldier the first time, I was focusing on my. Uh, On my fi fighting career, and mm -hmm. uh, now uh, I really took a lot of time into this. You know, I, I put a lot of time into preps, and uh, because I knew I had more screen time, and I know it's uh, I, I'm taking this seriously, just as much as seriously as I used to take uh, martial art when I was competing. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, I'm sure the fan will will love the the, the old the old story of it. There we go. There we go. So, in terms of the training for this role compared to what you do, obviously MMA and how you excel in MMA, how different is the training? It's different, but but it's more stunt related stuff. Uh, but, but I'm always training for mixed martial art as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's a lot of similarities for, as uh, for fighters and an actor. Uh, one one is the most obvious one is that every time I was walking towards the octagon to compete, I was terrified i was very uncomfortable and extremely nervous but i was acting like i was very confident uh very excited and happy to be there but that was totally <laughs> the opposite and like in fighting and acting require a lot of repetition a lot of preparation and in fighting you do a lot of those as well and the more Very often, that when you fight, you find out that your opponent is never as good as you think he is, and he's never as bad as you think he is. As well, he's always different. Mm -hmm. And in 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 acting, is the same thing. You can rehearse the scene as much as you want, but when you get on set, you always find out that it's totally different than what you were expecting. Yeah, the set the the set is different. The reaction of the actor with who you're playing are different. So you need to be like Bruce Lee said, be like water, my friend. You need to be ready to adapt. I believe the best actor and the best fighters are the ones that can ad adapt the most. What were you most, ner most nervous walking onto a, a set to act or to the octagon? <laughs> I, of course, I'm, I'm way, way more nervous uh, walking into a fight because you have a lot more to lose. The, the worst thing that can happen, in, in, I mean, it's not the worst thing, but... You can ruin your name for sure if you do something bad, but but I mean, you, you, if you miss, if you miss it, you just do it again, you know, until it, it, it it's good. In fighting, you have only one one take, and if <laughs> yeah. you zig when you should zag, boom! It can cost you not only a loss, but it can cost you, like obviously cerebral damage, like yeah. damage that can cause your your death. You know, it's yeah. a very dangerous. You say, I play basketball, I play hockey, but you don't play fighting. It's not a game. It's a, it's a sport, but it's it's a, it's it's more it's it's more than a than a game. It's a different kind of thing. So it's you were acting every single time you walked into the octagon. Every single time. Really? I, I, uh, That's nuts. 
Yeah, you, you, not everybody. I, I guess some guys are really happy to be there, but I never really like to fight, to tell you the truth. I like to win. I oh, I, I was just, I guess, gifted with good, a, a good talent, and I was able to exploit it. And uh, I met incredible mentors through my life. Uh, but if I, if before a fight, if I could clip clip my finger like this and make it in a way that I'm already after the fight, I would do it every single time. I don't like the fighting. I hate it. It's extremely un uh, it's unbearable. The mm -hmm. feeling of stress. The, not knowing if you will be humiliated or you will, you might get hurt. It's it's so hard. But when you win a fight, it's really worth it. You know, the the bigger yeah. the risk, bigger the reward. So that's why I, I did it. I did it because not because I love to fight. I love to win. Uh, you know, I was obviously very successful at it. So the the money, everything that that brings me all the the, the access of things that most people don't have, and, and the, the freedom. When you're a professional athlete, you're you're free. You know, if you train hard and you you make all the sacrifice, you will have obviously normally you you'll have better result than if you're lazy and don't do your job well. So that's what I like about it. So Zion and I were arguing here. I was saying nobody's being Thanos in the octagon. He was saying <laughs> no. He was saying nobody's being Thor. Or did you say Thor or Captain Thor, America? Thor. Zion? Thor is the strongest in the Marvel in in the Marvel world. Thor is stronger than the Hulk, really. Uh, he I beat the Hulk. Hulk too. He beat you, the Hulk. You, you, in, you know, uh, you know, guys. Captain America was able to 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 lift he, Thor's hammer. He, he was. Yeah, his heart was pure. So Captain America is a big underdog. I think Captain America in his prime could could surprise a lot of people if he get a, he get a hold of Thor's hammer, obviously, because he has yeah. the shield and the hammer. Yep. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, I, I want to ask you, what's the differences between going with Chris Evans and like Anthony Mackie? Like obviously Winter Soldier, Chris Evans, but now, you know, in the in the new, you got Anthony Mackie. What's the what's the difference in kind of working with them and like the fighting? Well, it, it was a lot of fun. They, they both very athletic guys, you know, and a very nice guy, obviously. And, and when I say nice guys, I, I when I. The way I I, I can I know if, if a celebrity is nice, it's not how he is with me or how he is with other celebrities. How he is with the other guys, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, and they are very good people. You know, they both very very nice to everybody. Uh, that's the first thing I love about them. They're plus they're they're ex very good. They're they're, they're uh, very athletic. You know, obviously mm -hmm. a lot of the fight scene was done with the the standable. But uh, I did a, a lot of work with them, and uh, they're uh, they have experience in martial martial art, obviously, you know. So they knew how to do uh, all the moves and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Did you ever fuck them up at all, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, like we're, uh, I mean, just slipping a shot here and there, or a hold or two, you know, a little bit here and there, rough them up just a little bit. <laughs> I. Uh, it, 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 one 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 night uh, we were we were filming uh, and and one of the shot I did kind of a, a touch I think I don't know if it's the shoulder or the head of Anthony and you know the the what they call in English the the, the funny bone mm -hmm, the funny you know, bone, I yep. the shot I think I partially hit the head and I told Anthony I said you're probably the only human being in my life that I've hit that I got 
hurt. I got hurt more than than the guy that I've hit. You know, so he's, he's like a, he's made of iron. You know, he should put that in his tombstone right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing to to, to flaunt. Um, um, it's really incredible. How hands on are you when you're doing the fight scenes? Because I, I saw an interview that Chris Evans did, and he's like. You were very hands-on with like you had you were like giving notes and kind of you have ideas and stuff. So is that kind of continued as you've grown as like an actor and in the space? Yeah, I, I uh, often you know the, the the choreography is already made, but mm-hmm. sometimes I have ideas and I can ask the guys. Uh, I say, hey, in, instead of doing this, can I do that? I would feel, I feel more comfortable and I feel it's more natural. And they're very easy to work with. You know, they're they're. They, 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 it, it's a lot of fun. It's obviously, it's really different because in, in real fighting, when you throw a punch, you throw a punch, you know, you, you kind of hide it. But in for the camera, you need to do everything bigger. So if I throw a punch towards you, I have to lean back and because it looks better. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it's this is a big, the big difference between fighting for real and fighting for the camera. If you were actually fighting them, they wouldn't see it coming. That's what you're saying. Well, it's a different game, obviously. You know, if I <laughs> yeah. fight for real, yeah. But if it would be for real, of course, uh, the Falcon can fly. Captain America have superpower, a superpower, <laughs> so they would probably kick my ass either way. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, uh, it's just like it's so amazing because have you been watching Wandavision? Have you been keeping up with that? I, I did. Yes. Yes. So are we, you don't have to get into details about the storylines, but week to week, are we, are the theories going to be running crazy on social media like they are for WandaVision? Like, do you see how crazy it is on social media every week with like theories and everybody going nuts? Are we about to see that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier at week to week? Oh, I think so. I think it will be even, maybe it could be even bigger. You know, it's, it's, it's huge. You know, they, they put so much budget into this thing. It's, uh, it's incredible. Like, like I, uh, I'm doing a lot of the voiceover now for, you know, like at the end you do the voice and I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the chance to see a lot of the action because it's, it's a lot of special effect, but when you mm-hmm. see it, it's, it's just amazing. I'm very excited to see it. It's probably the, I can't, I can't remember to have seen a, 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 a series that put as much budget into it. It's just incredible. The, 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 the special effect and everything. It's, it's amazing. So we're in for a real treat. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, definitely, definitely. Um, was this uh, uh, recorded during the pandemic, or did you guys? Yeah, before? it's it stretched for a very long time because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of time uh, because they had so much protocol and restriction. So it was uh, about two years. You know, it took so it took a very very long time. Yeah. Mm. Jeez. It was an Atl- my part. I did it in, in Atlanta in um, oh. in a pine pinewood studio. Okay. Do you always want to play a bad guy? Like, what's the future of your of uh, of uh, where you want to go with acting? Are you always going to be the bad guy, or do you want to like? Could we see you in maybe like a rom com? Like maybe like a little change of pace. Yeah. W- why not? You know, like I'm. Um, I-, I think I'm still a, a beginner in, in this business. You know, and, and uh, it takes a long time. You, you're not born a great actor. I, I'm sure all, all the best actor in the world can 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 talk about it. You know, like uh, you you have maybe you might have uh, some predisposition to certain things, but you need to work very hard if you want to be good at at, at it. Like in martial, like in mixed martial art, you know, 
So mm-hmm. like now, maybe I'm a, I'm a white belt, but I am. <laughs> it's been two years now that I'm having uh, classes almost every day, plus okay. training. I'm having uh, camera classes, uh, theater classes, uh, audition classes, English classes as well. So, yeah, I work really hard, but it takes a lot of time. It's a long process. Do you have any favorite fighting movies, like any favorite action movies? Like what's your favorite action movie? Give us your favorite. Oh, I I have a lot. I I love uh, John Wick. I love the Equalizer Mm -hmm. with uh, Denzel Washington. I can love, we get uh, you in? Can we get you in John Wick Four? Can, who, I would love you? it. You know, I'm a huge fan of Kenny Reeves and John Wick. He's, he's Kenny Reeves, actually one of the actor that I try to portray myself. Okay. Uh, like you know, he's he's a martial art. He's Canadian too. And um, is it? He's Canadian. I didn't know that. I think I think he's Canadian. I think so. Uh, no, I, I not a hundred percent sure, but I think he is. We, uh, you could claim it. We'll make yeah, we, make him an honorary Canadian. Claim yeah, just claim him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just playing. I'm gonna verify, but I, I think he is. I'm. Pretty, he's Canadian. He, You're right. You're right. Yeah, stick to it. You're right. He's Canadian. All right, there you go. I was, <laughs> I was afraid of making a mistake. On. Well, you know, yeah. in the last one, the fight scene with him and Boban, the dude from the Mavericks, the seven foot, was amazing. Mm-hmm. How tall? Yeah. Is, how tall is uh, Boban Zion? Like seven, seven six. So seven, three or something. No, like he's seven, seven six. He's up there. He's tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need we need I, you and four. Defeat that fight. <laughs> I like his fighting style because it's, you know, it's very flamboyant, but it's actually real stuff that really works in, in real life. You know, like the, it, all the moves that he, that he does are actually stuff that are very efficient. There's a lot of self-defense move, jiu-jitsu move. That, that, those are things that actually works in real life. And that's why I like it so much. Say, say we wanted, not that we're going to fight anybody, but the three of us, say we were going to scrap. What, what what's the first thing we need to know, need to know to kind of maybe a first move? You want to te- can you teach us a, like a first move? The little to, something, to, easy? The, something to beat me, right? Yes. <laughs> so if you're if you're the if if you if you guys try to beat me first, what I would say to you if you want to increase your odds, <laughs> you you need to spread to attack me not in one front, attack me in many fronts. That's okay. one thing. Me, on the other hand, I will try to corner myself in a room to make sure I got you all in the same front. So I don't, <laughs> I don't face my opponent in a different direction. Hmm. So that's the first thing. Before we engage, that's very important. Okay. So you know where is, where is your enemy. You know, uh, yeah. be in control. Know the terrain. So I want to keep you all in, in the same, same front, but you guys want to spread. Then after once you got that done, you spread around. The one that is outside of my my uh, vision range need to need to attack first right, to allow me to, to turn and, and and hit me in my blind spot and then after the other one can go so that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> what about what about fighting dirty? Yeah, where does that <laughs> oh, we made to, we made to do that. We made to fight dirty. <laughs> if, if if it's dirty, there's no rule. I guess you don't need to be three. Like, nobody's faster than a bullet. You know, everybody can beat everybody. If this happened in reality, we would all three be on the ground in about thirty seconds. No, less no, than that. I'd less be out the room. That. I would not be. Yeah, I would have left. That was y'all two. I would leave y'all too. So you, you, said, you know you what said, martial art taught me is you never know because I don't knew. I don't know you guys personally. I don't know your background. Uh, no, you no, guys no, 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 no. You're not missing anything. We don't yeah. know. 
There's no. nothing hiding. There's nothing. It'd be over like that. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because like it's kind of like uh, in football they say any given Sunday, any team can beat another team any given Sunday. So like McGregor was a huge favorite in his last fight and he lost. So is that yeah. kind of what you mean that you just don't know? Well, I believe it's a question of odds. And it's like, uh, you, you guys are, are, I'm sure you're probably a big fan of football. Or, you know, in the yeah. U.S., uh, American football, they say it's not always the best team that win the, the game. It's the team that play the best the night of the game or the day of the yeah. game. Hmm. Fighting is no different. Okay. It's not always the best fighter that wins the fight. It's not uh, the guy that who's the strongest that will win. The night of the fight the one that will fight the best will win. So if you make a hundred fight, the outcome will be different. You know, like, like it never going to be the same. There will be always a different outcome because it's a different uh, location, different moment. And so much things that can influence the performance of a, of an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's going through a tough time, have he sleep well, his reaction times, does he has injuries? There's so much things that we don't know. I mean, that just makes your record even more in- incredible because, like, if it's if it's like that, you just never know, you know? You never know. You never know. And, and uh, the thing is, you, you try to control things that you can control, but in reality, you don't really have control over an- anything, you know? Like, you, you have mm-hmm. the illusion. And, and that's one thing I, with the experience that I found that I realized is when I was young, I was ready to take on anybody at any time, anywhere. And later in my career, I realized that being the strongest man in the world, it does not exist because there is always one guy somewhere who will have, who will have your number. Because mm-hmm. at any given time, you can make a mistake. You zig when you should zag and boom, it's over. So yeah. it changed your perspective. You know, when, mm-hmm. when you're young, you're more hungry, you know, like you're ready yeah. to take on anybody, anytime, anywhere. But when you get older... You realize a lot of stuff that you thought was true when you were young that are wrong and, and <laughs> your vision change. Yeah. Like uh, Thanos might be the strongest guy, but if you take away the infinity gauntlet, that's, he's, that's, he's exactly. nothing. That's you know? what I, I mean, he's not nothing, but he's not as good. That's what Zion said. Zion said yeah. if you take away the stones, he's not as good. That's very true. That's he very is true. right. I, I believe you're right. A hundred percent. So mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of the Mandalorian too, right? A hundred percent. Star Wars, I loved it. Yeah, You love Star Wars. So if you were going to play any character in an upcoming Star Wars film, what would you play? I would like to play a Force-sensitive, maybe a, okay. a, 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 a villain. I like villain, or, or it could be a good guy too, but I like villain. I think that the villain are way more charismatic. Maybe someone who toes the line a little bit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always try to be to be nice in real life, you know, to portray myself, to be a good role model. When I play a character, I like to be mean, you know. That, that's a way for me to to unleash, you know. <laughs> gotcha. What did you think of that? Re- These guys don't watch Mandalorian, so they don't know. But what did you think about the reveal at the end of season two? Were you blown away when, you, when that was Skywalker they, showed up? Uh, that was amazing. They, they made the, 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 it was a, the best present they could make made to the fans I, the hardcore fans it was amazing that's amazing we had sasha banks on this podcast not too long ago and her just talking about like being on set for that reveal was just like amazing to hear ah it was amazing also the way they make it look like i mean with the 
the, CGI. the special effect, you know, yeah. it, it was great. I mean, I don't know if the, I hope they're going to bring it back, you know, because now we got to see Luke Skywalker in his prime and it's something that we've never seen before. And exactly. I think it's, we, we need to, they, 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 they need to give that to the fans. It's like, it's like, at the, we're, we're like nerding out right now, but it's like at the end of Rogue One, when you see Vader kill everybody, we ah. never saw Vader do that before. You see that, Vader in his prime, you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and we're gonna see it because I know the Star Wars are coming with uh, different shows now yep. that uh, that are in that timeline. So mm-hmm. the Obi Wan Kenobi series and and uh, there's a, a, a other Cassian Andors and all the the shows are when Dark Vader was in his prime. So yeah. it's gonna be very very interesting. I love this. I love this Star Wars talk. Adam's like, I don't. Adam, this is, have you ever seen a Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, film? This goes over. I've seen a Star Wars film, which is not my, you know, not my personal taste. So, <laughs> George, before we get you out of here, we got to ask: Do you have a Mount Rushmore, and you can put yourself on it, of UFC guys? Like, do you have a UFC Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I. Uh, I'm not gonna put myself on it. I. I, I, I uh, Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna. I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose five because I think there there is five guys. Five's good. Five's good. We let we'll let you skate a little bit. And I'm gonna explain to you why because cool. this is a very subjective question. Of course, of course, of course. If you ask me, who has who, who who was the most dominated dominating champion ever? Khabib Nurmagomedov because he was undefeated. He probably never, mm-hmm. almost never lost a round. Yeah. So he, he beat everybody by a big margin, you know. So he's already on there, even though he's still going. I think so. Like, I, no, I, I think he's already on it, but he retired. Yeah, he's, he's gone. Yeah. yeah. So Tabby, if you talk about who faced the most adversity, I gotta say John Jones. Mm-hmm. John Jones is there too. Who was the most flamboyant? <laughs> I think Anderson Silva. There we go. Because he had some crazy highlight reels. Who, who was the biggest draw the, in terms of who made, who raised the bar in terms of pay-per-views, awareness for the sport? Conor McGregor, you know? Mm-hmm. Who was the most... No, I'm, I'm going to go for the fifth one. I'm going to go for my, my personal one. Who changed the game? Who was the first one? And did something that never been done before. I think it's Ray's Gracie. Because he did some stuff. Of course, he's from an era that it's a long time ago. But even if you put him back in the, in the cage right now, if people ask me, would you think he would do well today? I'm, I'm probably not because the sport has involved. But for his time, stuff that he has done, never been done before. And it's a very subjective question because also there's the question of performance enhancing drugs. Like if mm-hmm. you choose someone who like who who, who never cheat and, and th- so it's a very subjective question. Uh, so there's no yeah. wrong answer to that question, I believe. <laughs> I think if we asked any other UFC guys, you would easily be on their list, though, George. Easily. Pre- pre- I've done a lot of good stuff too, uh, but there's so many. Like there's no wrong wrong answer to the to this question. Yeah, yeah but um, you're a hall of yeah. famer. You can give yourself some credit. Yeah, you put yourself yeah up you're on being modest. <laughs> <laughs> You're being modest, and you're the only one who gets to kick, gets to fight uh, Captain America and the winner. Yeah, but I lost. I lost. You did. (laughs) You did. You did. You know. know. No problem. I'll get my revenge soon. You'll see. Oh, there we go. There we go. Is that? There we we go. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. That was awesome. Appreciate it. Good chat. Take good care of yourself. Thank you. 
Shout out to GSP. That was awesome. Uh, first UFC guy we've had on the, on the pod, which is cool. He's a legend. Uh, it was great talking to him. 100%. Hall of Famer. Um, a lot of fun personality-wise. And you definitely were able to nerd out a little bit on the Marvel world, which I, you and I know about. I don't. But he was he was fun to talk to and hear about the whole kind of background of the fighting scenes and how getting into that. And and uh, tried again to tell a story about fucking up one of the actors. Didn't quite bite, but um, it's always it's always cool to to hear the behind the scenes stuff about what they go through to get themselves into good shape to do that stuff. What are what do we got to do to get you to watch uh, some Marvel movies, Adam? I don't do the fiction stuff, man. I'm just not in. I mean, obviously, all TV is fiction when it comes down to it. But like, I need stuff based. Yeah, reality. Seinfeld didn't really happen, Adam. I'm aware of that. Curvy enthusiasm doesn't actually exist, but like I yes. can relate to it better than I can to WandaVision or some other comic book shit or some other Star Wars stuff that you're into. I'm just happy that Young Zion, who again is not with us on the podcast, is finally watching The Wire. Yes, Young Zion is watching The Wire. He had, a, of course, knowing Zion's luck, they there was a mistake in the season he was watching got removed from HBO Max last week, so he had to stop and then it got added back. I don't know. Yeah, I guarantee Zion, let, if, if we had to guess what Zion's vacation consisted of, it's him watching The Wire this entire weekend. No, it's him playing PS5 for like 20 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, him playing PS5 and watching The Wire. All right, as always, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all for tuning in. Make sure you go drop those five-star reviews. Let us know who you want to hear on the podcast. We're listening to you. Make sure you download the pods subscribe to the pods wherever you get them apple podcast spotify podcast big few weeks coming up nfl stuff next week free agency all that gonna be crazy we also have march madness gonna be nuts so yeah we love y'all stay safe until next time we'll see y'all later and as always a special thanks to our producers josh dodd and jasmine plata our audio editor misha jones our production manager sean sal correa our talent booker shanice kelman our senior director of operations jen stewart our general manager donnie kwok this is a production of complex networks When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.